But yeah, I mean, for me, keeping score is just that. It's keeping track of what someone has done to wrong you um, and how many times they've done it and why. Well, we'll talk about this later, but I know sometimes we use that to justify our own actions. Yes. So the bad thing about this is that, you know, when we when we fall into this pattern of keeping score, if it becomes a pattern that lasts in our marriage year after year after year after year, and it becomes a a habitual thing where we're constantly keeping score, um, you know, as we've kind of defined it, then um, it can certainly be something that is so frustrating that it it brings us to the place where we want to just say, you know what? I'm done. Hey guys, welcome to the He Said, She Said podcast with Josh and Danielle, where we talk about our marriage, family, and the everyday stuff that we all face. We don't always agree on everything, and we certainly don't have it all figured out, but we know that God does. We're so glad you're here. All right, we are back with yet another week. Yeah, welcome back to the He Said, She Said podcast. Why'd you say it like that? Because I can say it. You <laughs> always trip over your tongue, we've but been, I can do We've it. been sitting here in the studio for, oh, I don't know, probably 15 minutes getting ready to start this podcast. That's not true. I have. Um, I was not quite ready to come in here. <laughs> I wasn't. And then I was ready and then to come in here, but I want- Air quotes ready. Air but quotes ready. For the last five minutes, you've been marking Bible verses. Listen, what I say doesn't really matter. What the Bible says is what really <laughs> matters. So I don't want to just talk. I want to make sure that I have the right references. And can you hear me ripping and my paper? And it's a good thing that you did because on one of them, you had written down a verse that didn't even exist. Yeah, typo. I had typoed into my phone, and then did I was the, like... Did the book that you wrote down exist? Yes. Okay, just making sure. I, I, just wrote down, <laughs> I just wrote down the wrong verse. And actually, I'm so glad I'm doing this because it happened three times. <laughs> how, could, how could it happen three times? <laughs> I'm really, really bad. I just put the notes in my phone, and I'm really bad at um, like using the keyboard on my phone. I really bad thumbs. Maybe they're too fat. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I did not say that because it's terrible. Every time I try to text someone, the wrong thing comes out. But honestly, in all honesty, I feel like autocorrect has it out for me. Like just, what was it this morning? Yeah. I was texting, um, you tried to write accident. I tried. I just. I actually wrote in accident. I looked at it. And Are I was you like, sure you actually? Yes, that wrote is that. correct. And then I pushed space, and it changed it to like a uh, coda. A coda. And I was like, that's not even a thing. Why would it even? <laughs> that is change? a thing. It's a musical thing, isn't it? Coda. Yeah. DSL coda. I guess. I don't know what that means, but whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, it a is a musical thing. kind of thing, but I don't use that when I'm texting. Why would it change accident to something like ah? Co- coda. Are you sure you spelled accident right? I did. Okay. I'm a good speller. I, <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, I would not oh, go that far. Seriously? We're not doing a spelling contest. I'm not doing. No, air. we are not. I'm not asking you to because I would wipe the floor with you. It would oh, be embarrassing whatever. for you. It would, that it would is be, not even. You would true. be humiliated. I'm a good speller. You're you're a fine speller. I'm, I'm a, a good. I'm speller. a great speller. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about this game that we used to play. What game? Go. 
Okay, that has nothing to do with the ability. It, it has. Okay, I take that back. <laughs> it's it like does have Scrabble. To spell words. That's part of the game. But it is. The reason that you win is not because you spell better than I do. The reason that you win is because you're faster than I am, and Aww. you cheat. I never cheat. I never <laughs> ever cheat. I love that game. It's so fun. If you guys don't know what Go is, or if you've never played the game Go. It's basically where you take Scrabble tiles and and instead of playing Scrabble, you play something kind of like Bananagrams. It's a little bit different. The scoring is different. Um, the rules are a little bit different, but it's really really okay. Fun. Tell them about the time that your dad. Oh said my what word! He said to you. you you mean like when I said to my dad? Yes, yes, yes. yes we sorry. played we played this game and man, you. You guys, I got really, really good at this game. I hate fast games like Dutch Blitz. I despise that game because Danielle is way too fast when it comes to those types of games. No, I'm not. I'm not as fast as I used to be. I'll be. I'll be honest. I played some of the teenage girls in game night one time. Dutch Blitz. They. They. I mean, they killed me. They okay, were sorry, so fast. but finish your story about the the thing. You oh said yeah. To so I said to my dad. Um, we had played Dutch Blitz, and I just, I mean, I just. No, this was Go, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. We played Go. I'm sorry. I said the wrong thing. And I just really, really beat them, like, really bad. And You can tell that she really enjoys when she wins. Well, I mean, who doesn't like Especially to win? in that way, though, like when you destroy. No, I actually feel kind of bad. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. well, unless it's you, <laughs> then it feels so great. Yeah, exactly. But no, when it's other people, I'm like, I'm so sorry. But I beat them, and my dad, if if you don't know my dad, he is the most competitive person I know, and that's saying something, because Josh is competitive. He's more competitive than I am, and I'm competitive, and my dad is the most competitive person I've ever met, and... I could beat him at this game. And I was pretty proud of that fact. And I said, Dad, I bet. You know, people just say this all the time. I bet I could do that better than you. I bet I could beat you with one hand one tied behind hand, my back. One eye closed and one hand tied behind my back. You didn't do it with one eye closed, did Oh, you? yeah, I did. No, you did I'm not, not joking. Whatever. We put a bandana over one eye. Josh wasn't there. I was visiting my parents at the time. We put a bandana over one eye. And I put my left hand behind my back. My I'm right-handed, so... It was a lot easier for me because you have to flip these tiny little tiles. And I was like, that's going to be really hard if I'm only using one hand. So I got to use my dominant hand. And guess what, people? You beat him. I did. I still beat him. <laughs> <laughs> that is ridiculous. Honestly, that's ridiculous. It was so funny, though. It was hilarious because it was a joke. It was like, I bet I could beat you with one eye closed and one hand tied behind my back. And my dad was like, all right, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> and we did. And I still won. It was so funny. So you have to be cheating. No, I have a system. I've yeah. never told you about this system, well, what's and, I, the system? and I never will. Go ahead. No, I'm not Reveal telling. Reveal it for everyone not. to know. I'm not. Because then when I play I all these I don't believe you people, have a system. I think your system is you've figured out a way to cheat. No, I have not. I'm okay. not a cheater. I'm a lot of things. <laughs> Cheater's not one of those things. Uh, we went to a we went to a wedding. We this did. Weekend. We did go to a wedding this weekend. And you you had to know this was going to come up. I knew it was coming up. In fact, I was going to go here like literally at the same time. Oh, really? Yes, honestly, I was uh, just getting ready I to five. say the exact same thing. 
So we, we did go to a wedding this weekend. It, it was, was it was beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> we did not plan this. We are it's so weird. Sync today. Uh, <laughs> oh man. It yeah. was. It, I, I don't usually say that about weddings, just because I don't know. It's. I, it's a wedding. It's a wedding, but this one really was. It was. It was awesome. Oh, it was a man. really nice wedding. It was so beautiful, and when um, our friend Becca came down the aisle, she was just so classy and graceful and just beautiful just beautiful and i couldn't help it i mean i cried i was like she waited for him and he's finally, it's finally here the wedding day and i'm just crying and you guys don't even I, this is not true i know where you're going with this <laughs> i looked over at my husband because i was we thinking i was thinking for the wedding so i was sitting at the we front. don't sit together at weddings no we don't like each other <laughs> But I was sitting at the front because I was singing, and he was sitting in the back um, behind some of our friends. And I look over at him, and he, his is face true. is all red. It's not and true. I could see from where I was, I was sitting crying. that you're that you were crying a little bit. I was not. It's nothing to be ashamed. I'm of. I'm not ashamed of it. I just wasn't. Listen, he always denies this, but my man has such a tender heart. It is the sweetest thing. And it just makes me love him even more. But he cries when our babies are born. I do cry when our all of our babies, I cried. Yeah. He cried when I came down the aisle. I did cry when you came down the aisle. And he cried on Friday. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's getting more sentimental the older that we get. So it's not just me and the kids I think now. that happens like, to most, most people. It, As they like, get older, they get more sentimental. But yeah, I did not cry on Friday. You, okay. I think your idea of crying and my idea of crying are two different things. Did your eyes start to water? I don't know. I, maybe a little yes. bit, but I did not cry. You're not sobbing. Of course you're not sobbing. That's not what I'm saying. But your face was red but and your eyes were glistening. But when I see other people looking like they're getting ready to cry, it just makes me look like I'm getting ready to cry too. <laughs> you just look like, it's like it, a but mirror you're not thing. really. Yeah. Oh, no. Just, just admit it. Anyways, you're sentimental. Becca and Say Richard, it. congratulations! It was a beautiful. It was evening. so nice. But, but, and you guys have done it well and done it right. You want me to admit that I cried? I want you to say because you're still looking at me. I'm like, sentimental, and yes, my eyes watered at the wedding. Yes, my spiritual gift is one of them is mercy, and so I am merciful. And when other people around me cry, it makes me tear up at times. Say it. Say what? I teared up on Friday. I had a little bit of water in my eyes on Friday. Some blug or something flew into my Some eyes. Blug. <laughs> Some blug. What's a blug? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh, it was, it was so an awesome. Sweet. It was a good it was experience. A great wedding. And so, congratulations to Becca and Richard. We wish you all the best. Yeah. If you if you're listening, we do. I don't um, think they're listening. Probably not. I think they're on their honeymoon. Yeah, they're they probably are not. They're concerned not with this podcast caring about us right now. Anyways, let's get into our topic. So of the ironically day. enough, like we did not plan the the conversation to start out the way that it did with that whole go incident and, you know, the competitiveness of our relationship. We've talked about that before, but today's top, well we're in this series. Let's let's just kind of take a step back. We're in this series that we started last week called I Don't Hope for When You Want to Call It Quits and really Taking a deep dive, and you're still ripping paper. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, really taking a deep dive into some of the things that 
um, drive these wedges into our relationships and into our marriages that ultimately can cause us cause the the relationship to end in divorce. And so we just want to have some honest and frank conversations about some of those things. So last week we talked about divorce itself and you know God's God's desire for marriage and God's intention for marriage was never for divorce to be included. So we talked about that at at length last week. So if you missed that, go back and uh, check that episode out as well. Oh, we forgot to mention um, the giveaway. Let's do that at the end. Okay, you got to listen to the end to find out how to be a part of the giveaway for this month. Um, so anyways, today in, in this series of I Don't, um, we're going to talk about keeping score, which that whole competitive thing at the beginning was like good good way to good lead way into to this lead into, on accident. Yeah, we're so good at this. Right. We, do we planned it perfectly. On accident that are great. <laughs> I don't even know. Anyways, so we do have this like competitive nature about us. Like in this dynamic in our relationship, why are you making that smug face? Because you know it's the truth. Yes, we do. Okay, yes. Sometimes that's a struggle. Uh, so so I, I would assume that it's this way for many married couples. And I think this is a an overall problem in relationships at times. But this idea of keeping score. And so, Danielle, um, what does that mean? Like what do we – when we say – so the title of the episode is why you shouldn't keep score when we say that what are we talking about sure i mean in the context of marriage i mean really in the context of life keeping score is when you keep a tally of the wrongs that the other person has done um basically to to dredge it up later I, essentially, that's what it is. Yeah. You do more bad things than I do. Right. And, and sometimes it's you do more bad things than I do. And sometimes it's I do more right things than you do. Yeah. Um, either way, I don't know that it's necessarily the healthiest. But it, in all honesty, this is a pattern that you and I, because of our competitive natures, naturally tend to fall into this pattern a little bit. And it is hard for us to step out and... <laughs> And recognize that in the heat of the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, f- for me, keeping score is just that. It's keeping track of what someone has done to wrong you um, and how many times they've done it and why. Well, we'll talk about this later, but I know sometimes we use that to justify our own actions. Yes. Yeah, so the bad thing about this is that, you, you know, when we when we fall into this pattern of keeping score, if it becomes a pattern that lasts in our marriage year after year after year after year, and it becomes a, a habitual thing where we're constantly keeping score, um, you know, as we've kind of defined it, then um, it can certainly be something that is so frustrating that it it brings us to the place where we want to just say, you know what, I'm done. And I do want to call it quits. So I think as we talk about this today, you know, we're going to talk about why you shouldn't keep score. And then we're going to talk about how to avoid this. How how do we avoid keeping score in our marriage? So um, I've come up with a few ways and I think Danielle has come up with a few ways or a few things that that keeping score does for us. Um, so let's just jump into the conversation. First of all, the first thing that I came up with was this. Um, and, and we haven't I haven't seen her notes. She's she keeps looking at mine. She's a cheater. I th- well, I think um, we but- went a little bit um, 
we went a little bit in a different direction. Most of it overlaps, but yeah, I want to see what you're going to say first. Okay, so the the first one that I wrote down was keeping score almost always produces an unhealthy competitive spirit. So here's what I mean by that. Because competitiveness isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Right. I mean, it can be a good thing. Like we have this natural drive and this natural competitiveness. We want to win um, and we want to do well at everything we do uh, for the most part. I think that's how most of us, most of us operate our lives. We want to be successful in the things that we do. But keeping score in our marriages produces this unhealthy competitive, sp- con- competitive spirit where um, I feel like and I begin to say and communicate at times that I'm doing better or more than than you are. Right. So I I, I think that while it can be a good thing to be competitive with one another because it pushes us um, to be better, I think sometimes the competition will sneak its way into I like for us, for example, around the house, I'm doing more things than you're doing. Like, what have you done today? I've done I've done the dishes and I how many diapers have you changed today? Yeah, and, and I think that's where the rubber meets the road is these these little what and I'm going to get into this a, b- a little bit later, but what feel like menial mundane tasks that can then begin to drive this big wedge in our marriage because you feel like, well, I've done this. And it's almost a point where it's like, you know, you only focus on the things that you do at the expense of focusing on things that he or she does, that your spouse does. And so it's like you maximize the things that you do and you minimize the things that they do. Almost to the point at times where it can be like, well, you know, what I do for our home is more important than what you do for our home. Did you want to add anything to that? No, I think you're doing really well. (laughs) I, I am trying to figure out if this goes with one of my points. Gotcha. So let me read. I'm a, here uh, with you, though. Okay, let me read a let me read a verse to you. Galatians chapter six, verses three and four says this: For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then he shall have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. And so Paul, when he's speaking to the 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 people here in the book of Galatians, um, in verse three, he's like, Hey, don't think too highly of yourself. Like if you think. If you think you're something, then, you know, and you're nothing, you're deceiving yourself. And so, you know, we know all throughout Scripture, the Bible talks about pride and about viewing ourselves in this, uh, the, this uh, through this lens um, of I'm better than you are or I'm doing more than you do. And that's pride. That's what that's what that spirit is. And then in verse four, he says, let every man prove his own work. Okay, so don't be so concerned with what your your spouse is doing or not doing. Be more concerned with what God has given you to do in the relationship. Yeah, and and I think that's what I was trying. I was trying to think. I think I have a point that's kind of like this. And I wrote down um, basically what I wrote down are um, reasons it's bad to keep score. And one of the things I wrote down was keeping score doesn't allow you to see your own mistakes mm. because you're too busy looking at their mistakes um, and vice versa. It doesn't allow you to see what they're doing if it's a positive thing because you're too busy worried about, hey, but I'm doing. Right, right. So it works in both ways. It kind of blinds you. Um, when I think about it negatively, you know, especially when we fight 
and I know we've said this before, but I, I know we tend to use the words, yeah, but you, yeah, but you, and we use that to justify our own actions. Um, like I only did this because you did this. Right. Um, and, and then in that moment, I can't hear what you're saying to me and I'm excusing my actions because of what you've done to me. Um, I think about Matthew seven verses one through five. It says, judge not that ye be not judged for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, ye shall, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? I think that's just the quintessential. I haven't said that word in a long time. I know you haven't, so I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that is, I mean, that that's basically it. Yeah. When you're so busy looking at what the other person has done, yeah, but you, then you can't see your faults. Right, right. And vice versa, like what you were saying, if you're so busy saying, uh, these are the amazing things I have done, what have you done? You can't see, you're blinded mm. by by these these faults. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so, you know, keeping score and this this un or excuse me, this competitive uh, unhealthy spirit that it causes in our marriages is is dangerous because Really, at the end of the day, it's pride, and that kind of leads into the second thing that I wrote down, which was which was this: keeping score tends to cause me to overgeneralize my feelings. And so, here's what I mean by that: rather than being precise with what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling that way, I overgeneralize and I undercommunicate what I'm feeling in that moment. And so, you know, I say things like, "I'm in this all alone," or I do all the work around this house, or I'm the only one that washes the dishes, or I'm the only one that takes care of the kids, or I'm the only, and I overgeneralize things, and I say things that aren't really true and aren't productive for bringing resolution to what I'm feeling. Right. The words like always, like you always, or you never, those are very strong words, and we have to know when we say them. That while we're trying to communicate strong feelings, that they're probably not necessarily true. Um, we're just saying them in the heat of the moment and out of emotion. But you're right; it causes us to overgeneralize in our communication. Yeah, and so when when I overgeneralize, it's odd. And and by the way, that that's actually my number three thing that I wrote down was that keeping score um, is typically communicated with absolute statements that are not true. So like Danielle said, you always, or you never, you never help me around the house. You never do the dishes. You never, you know, spend time with the kids. You never do this, or you always do that. And those statements just simply are not true because I, I doubt that for most of us that the case is that our spouse never does the dishes or they never pick up their clothes or they never, you know, you fill in the blank or they always are gone or whatever it is that 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 squabble that you're having, that fight that you're dealing with. But when I communicate in in these absolute statements and when I overgeneralize my feelings, then automatically it puts that that other person on the defensive. It's like, no, 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 I don't do that. No, 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 I don't always do that. I don't always say that. I don't, I don't never wash the dishes. I just washed them the other day. And right. so, you know, we, we've got to be careful in communicating in that way. And I think that you and I did this this week. 
I mean, just a couple days ago. <laughs> well, I don't know about you and I. What does that mean? I, I, I don't ever use absolute <laughs> statements. You said something to, this week. We were um, basically having a discussion about whether or not I was communicating appropriately. And you said something, and honestly, it made me shut down. Did it not? It was like, okay, forget it. <laughs> it was like, I don't want to listen because I felt like you had made that statement. Right. You didn't use the word always or only, but you didn't qualify it either. Yeah. So it made me feel like you were saying, I'm always doing this. This is just how I'm communicating. And... um. And I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, and neither one of those situations um, were, were the correct way to handle it. No, no, it, it wasn't. And, and it was uh, emotional, for right. sure. Right. But it, it is true. You can't communicate well um, if, if you're going to overgeneralize things. Yeah. yeah. You have to be specific. You have to be clear. You have to be concise in your communication um, because you might be saying something totally different from what they're receiving without intending it. You might be intending it. I mean, you might be saying these um, words in the heat of the moment, but you know, we need to be careful. If we want our discussions to be productive, we need to be careful how we respond to one another. We need to be careful how we communicate with one another. Sometimes that, that is hard. Sometimes it's hard to know the right words to say, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, in the in the heat of the moment, you know, there there's a lot of things that you want to say that probably should not be said, and right. so in those moments, it's better to just hold our tongue rather than communicate in a way that's going to be detrimental to the conversation. Right, and I think I think that there is some wisdom in knowing, okay, this is the right time to talk this out. And this is the right time to let it rest and let things calm down so we can readdress it at a different time. Yeah, yeah. But, right. So when we keep these scores, we tend to communicate in overgeneralizations yeah. and in um, always and never kind of statements. Right, right. So we overgeneralize our feelings. We communicate in these absolute statements. Um, we it, it produces this unhealthy competitive spirit, but then it also typically causes us to hold on to past mistakes. Can we say it that way? Um, it causes us to hold on to past failures of our spouse. Right. So I think this is basically where I took where I took this whole let's not um, keep score. Mm -hmm. um, and. Basically, four of my points are, are in dealing with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. they're, they're dealing with bitterness. Um, obviously, the Bible says to forgive. I mean, why is it bad to keep score? Well, because the Bible says to not to. <laughs> like The Bible says to forgive when somebody has done something to you that you feel um, has, you know, wronged you has insulted you has offended you the bible says to forgive now josh took took the spin of when you're keeping score from a positive perspective like i'm doing more than you're doing 
I took this keeping score from a negative perspective. Like you, you always do these things. You've done more bad things. Right, and right, right. Then, then I have done. And if you hadn't done these bad things, I wouldn't do these bad things. But I think that that's like that's good because both of those ways are are ways of keeping score. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, I mean, most of the verses that I've tagged now, I've got to because I have so many of them. I've got to like find my verses. Um, you know, there are so, so, so many verses in the Bible about forgiveness. Um, and I picked a bunch of them, but I'm only going to read a few. Um, Ephesians 4, let me see, verse 32. Um, actually, let's start in... Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. And I could read a lot of these verses, but I think that that's just at the root of it. Yeah, I I mean, kindness is certainly lacking in our culture today and in our society um, and I think we see that in the way that our society treats one another um, at large, but it's even lacking in our marriages. And I think sometimes even in in my life that, you know, I, I am and, and we've talked about this before, that sometimes I can have the tendency to be kinder to other people than to my own family. And I think that I think that's the, the case for many people, because like the the old uh, saying, familiarity breeds contempt. You don't like the way I say that word, but I say it phonetically. Say it again. Familiarity. When you say it fast, it doesn't sound like that. Familiarity. And when you say it fast, it sounds like familiarity. I never, I never put <laughs> two what, R's in there. That's what it sounds because like. Because I say it phonetically and I can spell it. Okay. Uh, I'm, go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, so, don't spell it. A- anyways, um, I-, I think that becomes the case is that like we are around these people all the time and it's like I, I don't have to be kind to them because they have to love me anyways. Right. And that's the wrong way to view our family relationships. Like if we ought to be kind to anybody, it ought to be to those that, we're, that, that we are closest to. Right. Um, and our I spouses think that, and our kids. That Sorry. is so true. I mean, that's something that I'm trying to teach our kids. I don't know if I've said this before, but I say all the time, you know, you're kind to your friends, you're kind to, you're respectful to your teacher and obedient to your teacher, and you're kind to to everybody at school, but you're not kind to your brothers. Like, of all the people in this world that you should be kind to, it's your brothers. You're going to have your brothers for the rest of your life. People come and go, but your brothers are going to be here forever yeah and i think that's like if we can if we can make the application to marriage as well um you know you your spouse feels that deeply when you're not kind to them and when they see you being kind to other people and you know they they feel like and i know this from you know you telling me this in the past like why are you so nice to other people? But then, you know, you're, you're not nice to me sometimes. And that's a, like, that's, that's a deep, you know, can become deep wounds if we don't address it and we're not careful uh, to, to change our habits and change the way that we treat one another. Right. 
it honestly I remember going through you know situations where it was like man whenever you speak to me I feel like you kind of speak to me with contempt but when you're addressing other people you're like this really nice guy and that's the guy I fell in love with a really nice guy and used to be really nice to me why is that mean to me all the time um but I you know I think you're right I think familiarity breeds contempt and but that's not an excuse like I I think that sometimes we even take you know cute little phrases like that and we begin to use them as excuses like well yeah I mean you know I'm with my kids all the time or I'm with my spouse all the time so everybody knows that familiarity breeds I it, right I don't know okay that 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 word breeds contempt saying. and so you know I it's okay for me no it's not okay no, it's, not it's not okay, okay. for me to speak harshly to my wife it's no, not well, okay for me to speak harshly to my kids from my perspective it made me feel like you love you love people right you loved everyone you love people you just don't love me yeah yeah and that was huge mm -hmm. it, that was a huge you know I don't know that was a huge stumbling block in our marriage and and a, there was a big wedge created between us I think because I felt that way you've gotten a lot better well, that's good to know since we're talking <laughs> about it for the whole world to hear. But, but it hurts, you yeah, know, it hurts. Yeah. And, and I think that that's right. We don't. Um, but that's why I said, you know, I think even for me that there was a time in my, especially in my immaturity where I use that as kind of like, well, I mean, you know, everybody, everybody does this. Familiarity breeds contempt. And, you know, I'm just... That's that's just how this works. And right. no, that's not okay. It's not okay for me to speak harshly to anyone, much well, less, you know, the one that I've chosen to spend my life with. And and I think it's hard too because when you're dating or when you're courting, I mean, the, all of your attention is focused on that person mm -hmm. at that time in building that relationship and making that person feel special and, and letting that person know how much they mean to you. And then it's, it's like once you get married and life starts happening, there's a total switch and you feel almost like, wait, where did that person go? Almost like you, um, you've been duped. <laughs> yeah. And then when they say the honeymoon is over, this is what they mean. You know, uh, now it's to reality. Now it's, you know, the ins and outs of life and how are you going when the rubber meets the road when like real life starts that is when it really matters how you're going to treat this person right right um but we lose that we lose that somewhere along the way where you have made in courtship and um while you're dating and your engagement you've made the other person feel so cherished and so loved so when you're not kind to your spouse there's such a stark contrast and it really hurts. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people live. Mm -hmm. I think it's what a lot of people are feeling like this, this, this is what I mean. This is what I'm talking about. Like, and it's nothing huge and it's nothing big. Um, and you think it's no big deal. Like it's no big deal that, you know, when I speak to her, I might use harsher words than when I was speaking. It's no big deal. She needs to get over it, but it is a big deal. I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't feel loved. Yeah. She doesn't and, feel and cherished. By the way, I mean, this doesn't just apply to husbands either. Um, you know, wives can obviously 
um, speak harshly to their husbands as well. Definitely. I mean, I've so, done it. <laughs> I'm not uh, beating up on you over no, there. No, no, no. But I'm, I just say that because I think, you know, we spent most of the time in this discussion talking about the way that a husband communicates to his wife, but wives, you know, can, can do the same thing. Oh to yeah. Their husbands and, and sometimes even worse. Right. Women use their words. I mean, they know they're wordsmiths a mm-hmm. lot of times and they can use their words to really cut someone so it definitely goes both ways we just need to remember this that we are supposed to be kind and we teach our children this but we forget like as adults this is just as important we need to be kind yes yeah, and, so we- and so we need to be kind tender-hearted forgiving one another and then i think about like the forgiveness why yeah why do we need to forgive well, you've been forgiven, you know, of every single wrong thing you've ever done in your life. You've been forgiven. And, and it, how can you as a Christian stand up and, and not not forgive someone else to keep keep that score? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not forgive someone else when we're supposed to be emulating Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ has forgiven us. Um, I think of the you know, parables. I mean, there's more than one. I just think this was so predominant in Jesus' teaching that we need to remember this and really, really take hold of it. Yeah. So the point here was that keeping score causes me to hold on to past mistakes. I think we got, we got a little bit sidetracked. That's okay. Um, but with talking about being kind in our words, um, but when I hold on to past mistakes, it causes that bitterness to begin to spring up in my life. So like Matthew chapter 18, I know that you mentioned that. I'm going to read it. It says, verse 21, Peter comes to him and says, Lord, how often shall shall a brother sin against me and I forgive him? And he says, till seven times. And Jesus says to him, I say not until uh, to the uh, until seven times, but until 70 times seven. And so the, the emphasis behind that verse is forgive them and forgive them and forgive them and forgive them. Don't keep score. Don't keep track of how many times you've forgiven them. Just keep forgiving them. And and that's the way that our marriage has to be. I have to allow for mistakes to be made because my spouse is going to make mistakes. My spouse is going to speak harshly to me. It's not okay. It doesn't, it doesn't absolve them from the fact that they need to take responsibility for that and ask for forgiveness for that. And we need to seek a resolution when those things happen. But the fact is that we have to be willing to forgive and give some latitude for mistakes to be made. And this isn't even necessarily, you know, these hurtful, big, you know, sinful mistakes here. This is the everyday, mundane, life-doing mistakes that happen. And like, I'm going to... Like what? You're going to what? Go ahead. You were going to you were gonna give us some examples, I'm weren't gonna you? I'm going to give an example, <laughs> but I want to see if you're going to give no, the same example. No, I want to hear yours first. No, no, no. Give it. No. Say it. Like what? You were going to give an example, too. I want to hear your example. It's different. It's not yours. You don't know that. (laughs) Like if someone doesn't hold the door for you. Oh, that is definitely not what I was going to (laughs) say. I was going to say, like, if someone locks the keys in the car and (laughs) you are in a hurry because you have to preach in church on Sunday morning and you can't get out the door. I apologize to you for that. I know. But I didn't, I, I, on purpose, I did not make a big deal of it. You did text me and you said, I'm sorry. I know that this morning was hectic. I'm sorry for locking the keys in the car. And what did I say? 
It happens. It happens because it does. It's not like you did it on purpose. You weren't like, Josh is preaching this morning. I'm going to sabotage him and throw the keys in and lock the door. <laughs> That's not what happened. It was an accident. And so, you know, in those moments, we can choose to have those words that we were talking about earlier where it's like, you, you know, you locked the keys in the car. What were you thinking? You know that we don't have any other keys. Or you can choose to say, you know what? Accidents happen. It's not a big deal. We got to the church. We got there on time. The the service happened. You know, it was it, it wasn't a big deal. Like we we found a way to fix it. And those are, I think, the moments that can be redemptive moments for our marriage or they can be destructive moments for our marriage because we could have spent all day on Sunday arguing and fighting about, you know, why'd you lock the keys in the car? Or we could have just said, you know what? It's an accident. Let's let's get past it and let's figure out a way to to fix it. And that's what we did. And so it's those moments, I think, that that have the power to be redemptive moments or destructive moments. Yeah. And I was really proud of you. For the way that you responded there. I don't know how I feel about you saying that. No, I was. Because that's like, you know, I don't know. It's just like you just say thank you for responding that way. You know what? I can't be proud of you. I guess. It's just weird. Why? I don't know. I don't know. You did the right thing and I was proud of you. Okay, we're moving on. Um, <laughs> so keeping score. It causes me to hold on to past mistakes. It's communicated often with absolute statements or overgeneralized feelings. Um, it often produces this unhealthy competitive spirit. Or um, it can become just another form of manipulation. And so I think we've got to be really careful about this one. Because in essence, what it becomes is, I wash the dishes for you. What are you going to do for me? I did this for you. What are you going to do for me? I've done this. Now you owe me because I did this. And it becomes manipulation a manipulation tool um, in our marriages if we're not careful as well. Yeah. Um, I Because I looked at it from a different perspective, I didn't um, even think about this. But it's such a great point. Um, because we, we do. When we do keep score like this, we feel like, hey, I sat with the kids last time. Now you owe me. I get to go out with my friends or whatever. And that's unhealthy because we're in a partnership. We're supposed to be serving each other without um, expecting some reciprocation. Um, so, yeah. Right. It comes back to what we talked about. I think it was last week when we talked about um, using we speak mm. and understanding that we're in this as a team. We're fighting together. Not with not we're, we're fighting together against the enemy. We're not fighting with each other. Um, you know, yeah, with we're the enemy team. watching. Yeah. And and then when we do things um, in life around the house, raising kids in ministry, we do everything as a team. Right. Um. So when we when we begin to view ourselves as one unit, as God has called us, you know, to be then we're able to tackle these things together as a team without dividing up, you know, the responsibilities and saying, Hey, you do more than me or you do less than me and right, I do more right. than you. And, um, so yeah, I really, I really see how that can, that can go that way. Yeah. Um, I have a couple of other points. Probably they fall a little bit under bitterness. Um, but why is it bad to keep score? We talked about forgiveness. Um, we talked about, bitterness which probably will do a whole um p podcast on bitterness i would think but um i have here you see everything that they do through the lens of their past actions 
Um, and it leads you to assume the worst about their motivation. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the, um, which, which point was it? Oh, just holding on to past mistakes. Yeah. So everything that that person does, you think about, you know, that, that action that they did that hurt you or that, that word that they said that, you know, did you didn't like. Um, and, and that frames the way that you view everything that they do. Right. So, you know, if someone has hurt you in a certain way in the past, then uh, they say something and you automatically assume they're saying it, but they're saying it because they're mad at you. Right. Or there's like some kind of underlying like negativity or criticism or manipulation happening because of the things that they've done to you in the past. Um, and then my last point here was it prevents you from seeing them as a person. Mm. Um, because their faults are blinding. To you, they represent their mistakes. That's what you see when you look at them. And that in turn creates a wedge. I think we talked about this a little bit between you and that person. And it prevents you from having a close, intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. Because instead of seeing you as Josh, as, you know, God's creation, right. as my husband, as the love of my life, and when I view you in that way, I mean, there's a closeness that that can be shared. I start seeing you as the guy who, the guy that, mm -hmm. you know, he just doesn't. I, I, I start seeing you a little bit um, more in a negative light. And, right. and almost that's all I can see. Um, so I think that goes back to bitterness as well. I think that those both of those points, seeing, seeing your spouse by ju just seeing their faults, by yeah. being blinded by their faults, that that comes along with allowing that root of bitterness to spring up in you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those are things that we need to be careful of. Yeah. And bitterness definitely is, is definitely going to drive that wedge deeper and deeper and deeper. And the longer I hold on to it, the, the, the bigger that wedge becomes and the harder it becomes to overcome that. So um, definitely something we've got to be careful with. Okay, so how do we avoid keeping score then? So those are all reasons why we shouldn't keep score because, you know, all of those things, because it, it, it tends to, uh, I tend to overgeneralize and use um, these absolute statements because it creates this unhealthy competitive spirit because it's a form of manipulation oftentimes because it causes bitterness and, and helps me to hold on to past mistakes. So how do I avoid keeping score? Because... I think naturally there's a part of us that does keep score. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's hard. I would I would agree with that. It, it's hard to not. So I think <laughs> one of the ways to not keep score is to determine I'm not going to keep score. <laughs> to decide we ain't doing this. I mean, honestly, like I think just being intentional in my own mind as an individual that I'm not going to keep score is important. Would you, what, I mean, what do you think about that statement? No, I think that's true. I think there's something to be said for um, turning away. And it's like a, a, repent, a repentance mm -hmm. thing. There's something to be said for recognizing this is a problem. This is a sin. 
I mean, essentially, is what it is. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's unforgiveness, right, right. and it leads to bitterness. It's pride. It's, it's unforgiveness. Pride, it's, it's unforgiveness. Yeah. That's exactly it. So it, it's you deciding. Okay, I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn from this. But sin. I think that's important. An important to make both corporately as uh, um, you know a married couple, and it's an important decision for me to make individually for myself, right? Because like you and I can decide together that we're not going to keep score. But until I make that decision for myself, like if you approach me as my wife and say, hey, you know, I'm really sorry. I've been keeping score in our relationship and I just this, this and this and this has made me upset. And, you know, I'm, I'm done doing that. And I would really like for you to make that same decision. Then I haven't made that decision for myself. Like you've made that decision for yourself. You made that decision for our marriage, but I've not made that decision. And so if, if, if I'm going to overcome this in, as an individual, then I've got to be proactive about making that decision for myself. Like, I'm not going to keep score. Right. And as, we've, as we have talked about before, um, you can't change someone else. Right. You can't make someone else do something that you want them to do. But you can certainly turn from your own sin yeah. and repent yeah. from your own sin. Yeah. So certainly being, you know... Uh, um, uh, intentional is the word I'm looking for. That's the word. <laughs> about that <laughs> decision. But then also being open and honest about the things that bother you. So, and, and you have to be willing to, to as, as another party in the marriage, be willing to hear those things as well. And to take that person's um, complaints, if you will, or concerns with with a grain of salt rather than not taking them with a grain of salt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you have you have to be willing to communicate, and as we as we spoke about, the the communication needs to be clear and yeah. concise and done in the right way and done at the right time. Communicate effectively, not combatively. Yeah, I like that. You like that's that? quotable. Nice. Did you quote that from someone else? No, that's oh. me. I that's did that. you. I did. I came that's up with a that Josh outside Venable, of my right? brain. Outside of your own brain. Yeah. I think we need to keep a short account. Yeah. Um, and, and have a have a. This is where memory loss is good. It's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> like if, if you're the mom that forgets things, hey, you might be really good at this. We need to just let it go. Um, we need to learn to just let it go. The little things. Should we sing? Let it go. No, we're not going <laughs> to. Okay. Um, I, I would say in addition to those things, um, and we've already talked about this, so I don't want to spend much time here, but allow for some mistakes to be made. Allow latitude for mistakes to be made. Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And you know, you pointed this out earlier, Danielle, but forgiving because of what we've been forgiven like God has been so gracious and so kind and so generous, so merciful. I could keep on going with a whole bunch more adjectives <laughs> to us and forgives us every day. Like every day we sin, every day we have, we, we, we have failures and God consistently and lovingly forgives. And I've got to allow for some mistakes to be made in your life because you are going to make mistakes because you're not perfect. And I'm going to make mistakes because I'm not perfect. And we have to allow for each other to make those mistakes and be willing to say, okay, you know, I, I know that you may, maybe you said something hurtful to me. I know you didn't mean it. I know that in the moment those words were said, but you know, I, I forgive you. 
um, even before you ask for forgiveness. And that's what I wrote down. Um, forgive even when forgiveness is not sought out. Because sometimes the other person just won't agree with you. Mm-hmm. They won't see what they've done as something wrong. Um, and like we said before, you're, you're responsible for yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know? God God forgave us already. He sent his son to die on the cross for us even before we decided that we were going to accept his gift of salvation. It was already done. Yeah. And we need to follow that example. Yeah, and that goes along with another one that I have written down, so I'll go ahead and talk about it now. But in Matthew chapter 7, um, and you already read this, but Jesus says, Why do you behold the, the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? And the idea there is, you know, here's a person with a little speck of wood in their eye, a little, you know, toothpick, if you will, uh, in, in their eye, and you're over here with a big old fat telephone pole hanging out of yours, but you're trying to point out the toothpick that's hanging out of theirs. And so it's these little problems in the life of my spouse that I like to nitpick at sometimes when I've got these huge glaring issues that become blind spots to me. And so I've got to take responsibility for my own actions and not just consistently and constantly point out the problems and faults of others. Did you want to say something? You look like you wanted, you looked like you wanted to say something. Well, I was thinking you said a toothpick in someone's eye. I thought, man, that would really hurt. That would be painful. <laughs> but think about a telephone pole in your eye. <laughs> I don't think. I you'd, mean, yeah, that would be that. Would, you would not be alive. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, anyways, so take responsibility for your actions, um, and then I, I would say this as well: end the constant comparisons. Life doesn't have to be a big competition. But it is though no it's not (laughs) like we like to make it that sometimes but it's not life's not a big competition we're working together we're striving together for the mastery we are iron sharpening iron we're you know this is this is what we are and this is what the bible teaches unity and and togetherness right that's a word and if we're not striving together we're striving with each other against each other we're fighting each other and it's distracting I mean, it's distracting from why we're here, what we're called to. Yeah. Um, Satan uses that to to hold us back in our spiritual walk, hold us back from serving God, um, because we're not working together. Yeah, we are yeah. s- wasting time on these little things that don't really matter, um, because we're striving against one another. Yeah, we of often together. we often tell our boys this because we've got four boys and our house is a competitive house and you know they play sports and they play instruments and they got to do all kinds of stuff and so it's like listen, we're not we're, we're this life is not a constant comparison. You don't have to be better than him. He doesn't have to be worse than you. Just, you know, work together and that's marriage. Like I don't have to always compare how many times I cook dinner this week. As opposed to how many times you cook dinner this week. I'm trying to learn how to cook like um, Thai food and and fried rice. And we're struggling. It's not it's 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 been mildly successful. But why are you making that face? You said both nights that it was good. It just didn't taste authentic. It was fine. It didn't taste like good Thai food. Well, I'm working on it. It's my first time. Okay, but you know what? He is. Really, right now, cooking dinner like every day. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I've really cooked dinner. I don't know, but we're going to move on before we start making constant comparisons. No, but I'm saying <laughs> you 
you're doing a great I, job. I know, and I appreciate that. That uh, and thank you for confidence. for not for not keeping score about that. Hey, listen, I enjoy cooking dinner, but I mean, I wouldn't mind if you cook dinner every once in a while. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So in the constant comparisons, take responsibility for your actions. And then here's the last thing I have to say. Um, Will you have a bunch more to say? I have a little bit more to say. All right. Well, here's the last thing I have to say. It's this, and I've said this before, but this has become a mantra of mine. And honestly, like I'm being completely 100% honest now. Like this is one of the reasons that it doesn't bother me to do the dishes. It doesn't bother me to do the laundry every once in a while. I don't like doing it, but it doesn't bother me to do it. It doesn't bother me to cook. But this is this is really something that I've I learned, you know, several years ago that has really helped me. Um, and it's this view your spouse as an opportunity for ministry. View your spouse as an opportunity for ministry. And I would go back to Ephesians five, the quintessential passage on marriage. Um, you only and, said it because I said it. I shouldn't have brought it and up. And husbands, love your wives. And wives, in turn, love your husbands. You know, the, it doesn't say that there, but it does say that in other areas of Scripture. So view your spouse as an opportunity for ministry. Like the mundane, everyday tasks that we talked about a few minutes ago. Like those are things that that washing the dishes. It's an opportunity for me to serve God by serving my spouse. Um, you know, doing the laundry, taking out the trash, all of those things. They seem like life-sucking um, activities, and they are. Time-sucking. <laughs> and and none, <laughs> nobody enjoys doing them, but because nobody enjoys doing them, it's an opportunity for me to serve someone else. And when I serve someone else, I serve God. Whatever you have done, and I understand this is not a a marriage passage, but whatever you have done to the least of these, you have done it unto me. And so, you know, when, when I serve somebody else, that's me getting an opportunity to serve God. And when I serve my spouse, man, that is an opportunity uh, right. that I have to serve. And that God. is hard to do. Um, it's hard. It's hard not to be competitive in a day in day out every day struggles of life it's hard not to keep score but um you know the bible says that he's there to help us mm. you know the bible says that god is there to help us um the holy spirit we've been given to help us um and and so we need to to ask god for help god gives us wisdom. Mm-hmm. He allows us to overcome these things. Um, make sure you're in God's word. I mean, we can't say this enough. Um, memorize verses about forgiveness because of the, the perspective that I took, a lot of, a lot of my notes are about like, just forgive the other yeah, person. Yeah. Um, m- make your account short. We talked about that. Now let's talk about really quickly before we go, some exercises um, some communication exercises, some things that we can do just to get our point across, to keep the account short, to help us not to keep score. What are some practical things, Josh, that you think that we can do? I have a couple of things here, but I'm interested to hear what you I'd say this. Say. One it would be a practical decision that you you as an individual need to make. And that is the decision to not keep score. Like we talked about a few minutes ago, like just practically speaking, I'm going to make a decision in my marriage that I'm not going to keep score. Now, how can you, if you are keeping score, what are some ways that you can, 
you can overcome that? What are some practical things that you can do? I think acknowledging when, like on purpose this week, acknowledge your spouse when they do something around the house. I'm not saying in like a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, um, patronizing. Yeah, that's exactly the word I'm looking for. In a patronizing type of way. Like, oh, you're finally taking out the trash. No, that's, that's annoying. (laughs) Do not do that. I'm saying recognize it in your own mind. And then at some point, Hey, thank you so much for taking out the trash. Hey, thank you so much for doing the dishes. Hey, thank you so much for, and, and maybe they're not going to do the dishes. Maybe they're not going to take out the trash. Maybe they're going to come in and sit down and, you know, turn on the TV and, and sit on the couch. It find something that you can be thankful for that, that they're doing for you and for your family this week. Um, give us one of yours. Um, well, I think that open communication is the key. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we need to address things when they're little things. So I think keeping a constant um, open communication is vital to not letting these things add up or grow bigger or, you know, steep into our yes. very souls and become so bitterness. what if what i sorry to interrupt you but what if we already have a huge list like what how, how would we you know do we come do we come at that like if i've got a huge list of complaints and things that i've kept score about and i do i just bring that to you and start unloading oh on no, you? no 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 see this is what i've written down uh I think that you need to take these things into in small chunks. Yeah. You know, that's overwhelming for a person for you to be like this and 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 this is what you do or, you know, and just unloading them. I think that what what I think would be healthy would be just to take one thing. Take one thing a week that you are struggling with maybe that is um not something that you appreciate or that you would like them to do one thing a week. Just give your partner one thing that, that they can work on mm-hmm. and allow them to give you one thing that you can work on. Yeah, that's a good exercise. And and a diffusing way to go about that exercise is not to come to your husband or your wife and say, hey, listen, it really bothers me that you never do the dishes um, can you really start helping me with that? Now give me one thing that bothers bothers you about or bothers me bothers you about me. What are we saying? A, a diffusing <laughs> a diffusing way to handle that would be for me to go and say, Hey, can can we talk? Can I can you give me one way that I can better serve you this week? What's one thing that I could better do for you this week? I know that I, I'm not perfect. I know that I you know that that there are things about me that might frustrate you. What's one thing that I can better do? for you this week and then it might be something to do it might be something not to do right right um, you have to be prepared for both and then um, give yours to them. right right um i have another exercise really quickly um well it's not really an exercise if you're gonna do that you have to have a time and a place that you can discuss that maybe make an appointment with your spouse each week to discuss how things are going mm-hmm. um make that a regular it doesn't have to be a date night i know a lot of times we talk about you should go on a date night not all of us can go on a date night every week not all of us you know can do that but 
just set aside some time every single week and say this is the time when we are going to discuss that and we've talked about this too seek outside help um, if you if you think that you need some objectivity um, if, if it's hard for you to get past the emotion of what's going on in your marriage um, seek some outside help it doesn't have to be an emergency situation do it on a regular right. basis um, find some godly counsel that can speak into your lives because sometimes you fail to communicate things like you need to. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things are more well-received from someone else than from you. Um, but, yeah, those are some good ways to start. Keep those communications op- uh, lines of communication open and, and make, a reg- make it a regular thing to discuss those things. Purpose. Be intentional. We like to use that word. Be intentional yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and do it in small chunks. Yeah. I think that's good. That is good. Well, we promised that we were going to give the details of the giveaway at the end of the episode. So here we are. So this month, we want to give away a gift card. Um, do you want to give them the details of the gift card? Sure. Do you I know don't. the details? I don't. I know that it's to several different restaurants. And what is it, for 25 Yeah, I think it's like $25 So or a $25 to gift card because we like food. Cracker Barrel, food. Red Lobster, Cheddar's. Is it Cracker Barrel? I think Cracker Barrel's on there. I don't I think even know. I think there's like five or six different restaurants on there. Hopefully that. one of them is near nearby your location. Um, but check out the details. Facebook.com forward slash the he said she said podcast. That's where you can enter the giveaway and you can participate. Um, so check out the details there. We're going to give it away. It probably exciting. It probably will not. (laughs) We, we probably are going to let this go for a couple weeks before we announce the winners. So you've got a little bit of time. Um, let's see. Today is April 22nd. And so we're going to give you, um, until I'm looking at my calendar right now, if you can't tell, we're going to give you until May 6th. Does that sound good? Yep. Okay, she's just going with it. That's exactly two weeks. So we'll give two weeks for the uh, the giveaway to run, and we'll give away twenty five dollar gift card. What do they have to do? Um, okay, so if you go to if you go to the Facebook page, we want you to share and your favorite episode of the podcast, and we also want you to go to um, wherever you listen to your the podcast platform. and rate it and review the podcast. So especially those of you that listen on Apple Podcasts, it really help us out um, just to be able to broaden our audience and hopefully uh, help more people if you would give us uh, a rating and a review of the podcast there on Apple Podcasts. That sounds good. And then comment on the giveaway post that you did all of that. Yes, and because the podcast is still small and the Facebook group is still small, if you do that, there's a really good chance that you might actually win something. We'll see. So try it out. <laughs> Do it. Share it. Like it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We look forward to being back with you again next week. Have a great week. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us this week on He Said, She Said. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave us a review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it's been a blessing.